On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I talk about a little bit of golf news that can be a little bit crazy, good old Hank Haney, uh, as well as some PGA stars such as na 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 and the Patrick that we do like winning some some championships, and then we move into uh, our Players Club League, and we'll tell you a little bit about that, and then finally we talk about how being 40 sucks ass because it's harder to hit bombs and harder to win tournaments. And uh, lastly, not finally, I guess before, but lastly, we will review this beautiful, beautiful tequila, the 1942 Don Julio. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hey guys, real quick, just need to give a shout out, of course, to the team that powers the Faded Golf Podcast, and that is Fanatics and Fanatics.com. Get your officially licensed everything at Fanatics. Uh, as we said last time on the podcast, we of course have the NHL, uh, of course, Stanley Cup Finals going on. You can get your NHL gear there at Fanatics.com. There's plenty of MLB baseball going on. Of course, the NBA is going on in there uh, with, with that. So, any of the sports that you guys follow and you watch, you can get your officially licensed gear there. The NFL is about to kick off. There's plenty going on there as well. I know they've been promoting. I get the emails all the time from uh, Colts.com and from, of course, uh, th- that's the Fanatics Powers, the NFL uh, shops as well. So you can get all your NFL gear, anything you want. So check that out. Of course, use the uh, promo code Faded Golf, and you'll get 25% off. Check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Faded Golf Podcast. That is right, 30 of the Faded Golf Podcast, John. 3-0. Not 4-0 yet, but no, 3-0. We're getting there. We do have a, a, a goal this year to get to 50, um, but 30 it feels like a pretty cool milestone to me. I don't it's know. It's good. Uh, thanks to those of you that listened to last week's episode with the the pirate Jack Sparrow, pirate Captain Jack. Um, but I thought it was one of our more fun episodes that we've had. Uh, being able to interview some kid that's actually plays decent golf, um, and uh, and had a good run, is having a good run, which is awesome. Uh, is, actually, is, I could is he playing next year? Or is he done? Yeah, no. So this will be his. He has this one more year of eligibility, so he's going to play at okay. IU for one more year. Um, he actually asked us to the last week of June. He's open for us to go down to uh, Floyd's Knobs. Let's go. And so we got to pick a date, possibly, to get down there. When are they going to finish the um, Indiana University course? That's a good question. Uh, that will be. Let, let's hold that for a future episode because um, uh, we have. Uh, we've. We've. But my family has donated a little bit of money to that, so there should be some insider information coming there. But I'll have to oh oh I'll have to dig into that. So I heard from the tips. It's seventy eight hundred yards. It's going to be big. <laughs> I can't wait to play it from the tips. With we're going to play it with from, Captain Jack Sparrow. Hopefully. We're going to play it from the tips, which would be awesome if we play with Captain Jack too. Can you break eighty five from the tips? There, I don't think that'd be hard. I really don't. I think the tips are overrated. Seventy eight hundred yards. I think the the key is is like on par threes from like these really long courses. On par threes, you just have to accept that you're going to get a four, and then you got to try to make up for it on like some other holes. But just try to get your pars and accept that if you get a three, it's like getting a birdie on these two hundred fifty yard par threes. But otherwise, I mean, 
to me, you're just you have to hit long irons into par fours and par fives or three shot holes. So you just take it for what it is. Just don't get yourself in too much trouble like we have been. That's because our forty year old ass is trying to hit bombs, which will be our topic of the week, by the way. Bombs. Bombs. Forty year olds hitting bombs. Forty year old and beyond bombs. So there was a so we because we skipped last week, John, um, a little bit happened in golf news since then. We've had a couple tournaments, so we've had a couple champions um, PGA-wise, which, I mean, did you care about, what was it? Was it the Colonial down in Texas? What was that? Was that the, the last tournament? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't the last one. Last week, it was the um, at Murfield. Sorry, last week was the Memorial, which was. is great. Jack's tournament. Patrick Cantlay, right, wins. And he did it in, like, it, style, like, awesome. He, he came through, freaking dominated, which is awesome. And uh, I, you know what? I'm not, said, I'm not a massive fan of Martin Keimer. No, exactly. Martin Keimer does nothing for me. But you know what? At the same time, I'm just happy it wasn't Patrick Reed. So, and, and it was Martin Patrick Martin Keimer was always, he's like, I've done, he's like, did you see his interview before the last round? Or actually no. when he played at I'll, I'll be at honest with second. you. I, I, true, I stick to who we are on this show, and I Basically, don't watch golf unless it's the majors. I, and I didn't, but I watched a little bit, and I broke okay. the rule. But that's fine. No, it's not really a he rule. Was, he was so just so like, I've been there, done that. That's basically how his approach was. I've been there, done that. It was like, well, you just got your ass beat, and you choked. And Patrick, you know who picked Patrick to win? Like to like, hey, I think he's is, is Jack Sparrow. The Nicholas. Oh, Nicholas. He oh, okay. loves Patrick. Okay, I was like, I don't remember. He's Jack a big back. Up, he's but... a big backer. Of Patrick. Okay, cool. Uh, the previous week, Colonial forgot to. No, 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 no. Kevin Na. Oh, Kevin yeah. Na won, and I, you know what? Kevin Kevin Na's a likable guy. I like Kevin. I think he's a likable guy. He doesn't. He hangs around. He sticks around. I'll, dude, we could toast to Kevin Na win in a couple weeks ago. Right, even I though like I, I'm, I'm cheers to that. Cantlay, I don't really know enough about him. Hey, it I think you're going to see more. Of that it guy. wasn't Patrick Reed, so I'm, it was the other Patrick, and I'm happy with that. He, he his timer per- does not for me. Anything. Patrick Cantlay's uh, personality is not lovable, but he's not a dick. Yeah. So, um, did you see who won the um, the women's U.S. Open? It was a Lee. I think it was a from Korea. No, it was 100. percent It was a Lee. A Korean, right? Yeah, and it wasn't Lee it, Six. It, it was a proper prediction of Hank Haney, and I think Hank was being a little brash the way he came across and said it. But his delivery was absolute shit on how he was. I, I think if he were probably uh, in the locker room joking with a guy, and it wasn't something that was totally on air and public or something like that, he probably could have gotten away with it. But now at this point. With, and we were talking about it off before this. Media now accentuates everything. But I don't even think he was stereotyping a race or a or like even being derogatory. He's just like, hey, you know, they're dominating the LPGA. Hey, I get where he was they're going with it, but his so delivery. There's another stereotype. Here's the thing: I get what he was trying to say, and I and I think everybody agrees. You know what? Koreans are dominating. They're dominating. And, and guess what? There's six different Lees on tour right now. So you guys, his odds were fine. But his delivery sucked. I didn't hear, I didn't hear it. Yeah, I, I heard what it. What was it? Well, like, he just it, they were. It was like it was like you and I having banter about it, but making it kind of a joke. And that was the problem is that his delivery sucked because he made it sound like a, a joke that it was a Korean and a joke that it was a Lee versus it being like, hey, here's what I think. I think it's going to be a Korean. 
I think it's going to be possibly somebody named Lee because the odds are in the favor of that because there's six of them out there. And you know what? The and if he followed it up with because the Koreans are dominating the LPGA, I, I and one final point. I wish being an American, I wish American women would be more competitive right now, but they aren't. So instead, he made it kind of a joke, which ended up making him look kind of like he's racist or some shit like that. And and, and then I, I feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, man, he made his own bet on that one. He, he shouldn't yeah. shouldn't it, the way he delivered it sucked. Yeah, and you know he's he's dealing with the the repercussion of it. But then yes. did you see what Tiger's response? Um, he's a, he was kind of negative, wasn't he? But he's not a big Hank fan anymore. Well, he he made a. He made a pretty brash response to uh, Hank, but then Hank came back. <laughs> Did you see Hank? I response? saw Hank's response was like, "I've never said anything derogatory." In well, Tiger's no, no, presence. no. He he said he goes, "I don't know when Tiger became the foremost authority on the treatment of women." Mm-hmm. Oh no, I didn't see that. He, he, Oof. Go, <laughs> he goes and he Oof. said he says something. In the next line that I kind of read it. He's like, yeah, I've been in the present Tiger, and I trained him. He's like, he never made any type of uh, racial or comment about a woman ever. You know, it was just like, you know, like, yeah, bullshit. You know, he made all sure. kinds of comments. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, guy, locker room talk. It's why, I mean, and hey, there's plenty, there's every dude out there, and hey, I'm, I'm freaking recording this right now. Every dude out there, every now and then when you're having an offline conversation, you, you maybe regret and you don't necessarily 100% think something that came out of your mouth and it wasn't the delivery. But when you're recording stuff nowadays and you're delivering it, it's really important for you to make sure that you're not being derogatory to people because um, that's not the goal. I don't think that's the goal with uh, anything. I mean, I do think the Koreans are completely dominating women's golf right now. I would also tell you, and we're going to talk about it, I think that, and you could call this, uh, ageism, if you want to. I think 20-year-olds are dominating the men's professional game right now. But I don't think Hank meant anything. I don't think he did either. He's not a no racist No different than whatever guy. I just said. He's I don't not mean... a racist guy. No. He just made a dumb he's, comment. He made a comment. He, well, he's, he took his observations, which are obvious observations. And they ended up and, being correct. And they ended up being correct. And it his delivery on it sucked. It's, it's like a comedian... That just has a shitty delivery. No, it's like us fucking up with our wives about every other or every third day. Well, now that that happens all the time. So <laughs> our delivery um, sucks. But well, look, and we, I look. Hey, look, we get chastised it, for every. You, you can get chastised for basically anything now because everything's essentially public, especially if you put it on Twitter or if you record it on a podcast or you do you put it on TV. So uh, anything can be criticized. I feel I feel a little bit bad for him, but at the same time, I don't. He made his own bed. No, that's the thing. At the same time, he could have, at the end of saying it, been like, let me pause pause for a second here and clarify what I just said. You know, because he should have been able to catch himself in the moment, especially knowing that it was essentially on the record. So, sorry, Hank. Uh, This episode isn't about him. He apologized. He apologized. He, he, He clarified his intent, and I think his intent was fine. But at the same time, like, dude, you're, you're going to get hosed, man. You're going to get just beat up there. Um, well, but so a lot of golf news happened. Um, there's a U.S. Open next week. That's happening. I think so. Uh, bombs. 
We're going to be freaking sprayed at Pebble. I'm. Not, it's weird because we just had a major, and we're not used to this timing, so I'd yep. be getting a lot more excited. I'm used to having the uh, the U.S. and then having the quick flip around on the British. But I've never... We haven't had the PGA in between like this before, right. so it's it's hot. It's like we're like major, 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 you know? Well, we have... It has been there before, but it's Why been a Why did they time. do this? Why did they do it this way? They wanted to... Um, uh, they felt as though the weather for the PGA come August is where where they were having it was like really challenging for them to um, manage what the golf course conditions would be like. Um, And, and that was one, that's one, that's one angle. Um, The other reason is that they wanted to be able to, uh, I think buffer the playoffs a little bit so that it wasn't like you were going right after a, a major, um, PGA like right into the playoffs kind of thing. So now there's kind of like a little bit of a buffer after the open before the playoffs start. So, okay. I mean, that's... I mean, so I think it, there was, there was two parts to it and that, and I would agree. Cause I mean, there's been a lot of PGA championships where the course just looks either like burned out or there's just some crazy heat and these guys have to wear freaking pants and it, you know, it just gets kind of crazy. But. I always just thought remembering the U S open, that's how I remember the U S open seeing like, as a kid growing up, just hot. Just, <laughs> the U.S. Open's always hot. In just hot. Middle of June. <laughs> you know, it's shiny on the greens. It's yeah. like, that just looks hard. Yeah. Well, and they're going to Pebble's not going to be like that, is it? Well, we'll talk about that next week. Um, there's been a lot of criticism over the, I mean, in recent weeks and really for a long time now. Mainly of, by of, Phil. How the USGA, Rory's come out. A lot of big players have come out. They've some boycott bullshit's been thrown around and stuff. But I think in our our U.S. Open preview show, we should get into a little bit of that. Um, the controversy behind the stupid setups with the deep rough. Everybody's got to play the same course. Yep, that's why I look at it. Don't hit it in the fucking rough, man. Exactly. But don't hit it in the rough. <laughs> don't. It's like it's like when when last week when we were playing our our little uh, players club tournament. And uh, people are like, well, are we gonna rake it? In, are we gonna rake it in the bunkers or play it down? And I go, we're gonna play it. I go, we're already letting you freaking roll it and lift clean and place in the fairway because it's been muddy. But if you get a shitty lie in a bunker, you shouldn't hit it in the bunker. <laughs> like, sorry, like play it out. And you know what really sucked is actually the bunkers on the front were raked and the ones in the back weren't raked. But it is what it is. There were some shitty rag jobs. There were some shitty rag jobs. So. If, if there were some uh, four putts, too. Ooh. <laughs> there was one four putt, I remember. One? Yeah, one that I remember. Um, but uh, so, anyway, pro golf. There you go. Golf news. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, not that exciting to us. No, nah, not that exciting to us. Um, so, but we will talk about the U.S. Open next week. Um, so in between our topic of the week, I wanted to bring up, and I mentioned it on, uh, our Instagram channel, uh, John and I are participating in a neighborhood golf league that we have, uh, helped build. Um, it's a group of 16 guys here in our neighborhood that are all members at our club and we're calling it the players club just because that's what we're doing. And uh, we created a logo, we created trophies and stuff. We've got, uh, wanted to just kind of share a little bit about the format with everybody and what we're trying to do. Actually, Mark created the logo and created the trophies. He, 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 uh, he orchestrated actually when, the, when the idea was ignited. 
Yep. So it was, um, um, we've come up, I mean, it's still a little loose on what we're going to do later in the year, but the first event was yep. the, um, the Stableford. And yep, which we call the Players Championship. The Players Championship, which was fantastic. Great. We had a, we have a, it was, I would call it kind of our, um, it, it was kind of our, uh, it was like our open. It was like our British open, because, mainly because of the prizes. So we did kind of, uh, uh, we had team prizes and then we had uh, an individual championship prize. The individual and a cash prize. Yeah, well, and cash was involved too, but um, individual championship trophy looked very much like a claret jug. Um, which was kind of which was fun. It's kind of a badass looking trophy. Had logo on it, and then the uh, the team prizes were these kind of pub curved pub glasses with the uh, with the logo, which I'm John and I are drinking out of right now. Which have a ni- 2019 team champion, the players. These are not pint glasses, by the way. These are more than a pint, right? These are I think like, so. Uh, um, so anyway, these are the but the pub I style. Like They're kind of the curved pub style, a little Love bit more them. than a pint. I'd, Solid stuff. So anyway, we had some cool prizes. We had a fun. I think the winner even took home two hundred bucks, which wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, so we're we have we're gonna do three main events, and then because it's a team event, we're also doing some individual matches, like versus team throughout the year, and we have an end of year individual like points prize. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge Matt Pate right now on an individual match. Ooh, points. Well, he actually challenged me on a text, uh, like, the next day to, to play in a match. And I just, you know, I'm really good at texting. I forgot about it. And yeah. I, we played the next day, and I, I whipped his ass. And it doesn't count, though, because I didn't it wasn't accept. official. Nope. I need to be smarter about those things. Yeah, you need to. We need Matt on that. We need Matt. He, he needs to come on. We'll get Mr. Pate on. We want to talk about gambling with him, for sure. Golf, yeah. golf gambling, different games. But the the TPC, the TPC man, we're fantastic. it's on. We we ended up doing uh, shirts. We created a little online store where you could even go get extra gear with the logo on it. Uh, we're gonna end up having some other type of swag. Uh, I think our our next event is called the Masters. Um, it'll be a stroke play event. These are net events, by the way, um, so they are uh, handicapped events. But we'll have the Masters, which will be a stroke event. I think it'll. It'll help the lower handicap players to a degree in that, um, you know, Stableford helps guys with the blow up holes, you know, and, you know, once you get to double, it's just a zero over seven to finish it out and get your, and card your 10. The Masters you know what's kind of curious way, about the white, because in some of the Stableford's I saw, you get a minus Oof. if you get a double. Well, we left it at just zero. So I think I, I kind of liked it as, a, as one of our events because I think it favors the higher handicaps. I think the Masters will favor the lower handicaps. And then we are going to do kind of what we'll call our Ryder Cup event. Uh, we're gonna, it's the Players' Cup, and we'll do some type of a Ryder Cup event where we're planning on actually traveling away from our home course to do a 36-hole um, match-type event, team, team match event. So. Should be exciting. Should be fun. It's been fun Here, here's, uh, to kind know, of put it together. And I think the point, like, just talking about this, if there's anybody that listens that's away from here, is that do something like this. If you have a group, do it, because it, it's so much fun. Well, I think creating the, t- the team thing that came out of the brainstorm for this ended up being interesting. So the godfather, uh, Andre Porter, put this concept out there because he wanted to get, like, some neighborhood guys that – 
he wanted to maybe have a chance to play more golf with because he doesn't have a chance to play with it that much. But this kind of forced the issue. You know, he wanted to kind of like force the, hey, let's get more of the neighborhood guys playing golf together. And I love the idea. And he threw this idea of creating teams. Um, and so I, I kind of, you know, I took that and I kind of was like, all right, how can we make this into a, a team thing where it's even and it's fun? And I, to me, that's been kind of the part that's been fun. We've got a, a woods red team and we have a player black team. And uh, it's been fun. Yeah, but I think even more to your point of the Godfather, getting other people to to play with other guys that they didn't know, and then yep. like, and it, it's awesome. It was great. It's a it was a great move, and we already have a lot of interest from guys that yeah that are not playing. That you know, we just said sixteen this year, yeah. and then next year, who knows? It could be twenty four. Well, we're probably going to add. We're going to either add eight more or 16 more. I'd like to, I want to keep them so that there's like two foursomes per team. Um, I'd like to. So to me, it's either going to be eight more or 16 more guys. We're going to go outside. We're going to go outside the neighborhood. I think we may need to go outside the neighborhood to get to 16, but I think we could get eight if we keep, stayed in it. And then so you end up having three teams or four teams, which I think could be a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You have multiple teams. Multiple teams. Really, like, you know, and then you, you bring in a blue team and an orange team or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, like. You could keep the teams now, and then those could be expansion teams. Absolutely. Then you're a new team. Yep. Or, well, and what we're even thinking of doing, each year you do a draft, potentially. So, like, the teams shake up every year. That'd be good. Um, you know, new captains, new, and maybe maybe the captains are based off of, like, who who was a season point you know, winner, the top Leader? four leaders last year, they become captains for next year and they like draft. It. And then maybe there's some type of salary cap, but it's really like a handicap cap where you have to like, you have to have, your players have to have as a total, like a minimum number of handicap, you know, strokes. So, I like I it. I, like it. I think there's, there's plenty of ways we could throw this out. I mean, if there's all kinds of ways that like guys – put things together to make them like just to for competition and then like leagues and then like and talking shit and talking shit <laughs> you know it's you know it's a little bit about the money but it's all about like the camaraderie yeah and the competition absolutely it, and that's what i mean when the the godfather's initial idea was like hey let's pool together a bunch of money and then at the end of the year like the season long winner is going to take home like 2 grand or something like that and i'm like okay i get it but like then what happens if you win that like one match? Like you got a point, you know, going toward the end of the year. Like you, there has to be some small wins in there as well. And so we kind of, I tried to like take his concept, but like break it down into multiple tournaments so that there could be multiple winners. And then there still is an overall champion. We, oh, by the way, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned that, but I kind of did. Um, there will be an overall winner, and they still actually will take home the most cash. Um, at the end of the year, so, so like, like the you, so prize. like placing. Lo- so if you were on the winning team, and I, I actually need to put this announcement out this week, um, if you were on the winning team, you got four points for being on the winning team. Um, I think the individual winner got maybe three points. The second place got two, and then third place got one. And I got zero at fourth. That's terrible. Sorry. But you got four for being on the winning team. Yeah. So then the um, if you were on the winning team, by the way, but if you were on the winning team, but your score didn't count. So the way where the teams are working, it's kind of like college and high school golf where we're having the, the top 
five players on the team of eight, their scores actually count toward the win, the, toward the um, whatever the total, the score, the winning score. And um, so, but if your score doesn't count, you only actually get three points. So you could be on the winning team and only get three points. So those people whose score didn't count, there's three me three people on the black team that their score didn't count. They're only going to get three points. And then uh, we're going to have these. Did our scores count? Yes, our scores counted. I, I made sure. I mean, I'm, I, I, you, as I told you earlier, I scrambled back to make sure my score freaking counted. There was no way I was going to lose a point. What'd you place? Oh, I probably placed Six? tenth. No, seventh, fifth. I think maybe t five, t five, t five, t five with Pate after his four putt on eighteen. <laughs> I love that. I should have never. There should have never been a T five. He should have been able to do fifth on his own, with even a bogey. But he four putted for he double. Should have been third. It was terrible, awful, absolutely terrible. He had a putt for birdie. Yep, he left it probably six to seven feet short, and then he blew that one by four feet, and then didn't even hit the cup on the four footer. I mean. Like, not even close to lipping it out. Just, like, just fanned it. I would have just paid money if you would have filmed just to watch it. Just fanned it bad. Didn't even hit the cup. I hope he's listening. Um, so, yeah, it was, anyway, we're, we're having fun with our little golf league. And uh, if, you, if you'd like more information about the Players Club, please message us on Twitter or Instagram. Um, so, yeah, we're having fun with Players Club. Uh, but we want to move into, I guess, the, uh, the topic of the week. And the topic of the week. Bombs after 40. Bombs after 40. So John and I were talking. So it, it, it relates to the PGA Tour on this one. And I think with the U.S. Open coming up and, and Phil Mickelson being what he's become on social media, which is fantastic. It's, um, so it's, awesome. it's some of the best. It, it, at first, I thought it was weird. But now I just think it's great. I don't know why. I don't know why. Weird, at first, I just kind of was like, Phil, what are you doing? And then I was like, because the way he talks and his delivery is kind of awkward and weird, but the content itself is just fantastic. Um, and, I mean, from his short game tips to, to thumbs up, icing his thumbs, to talking about bombs as he drives down Magnolia Lane, I mean, the guy's fantastic. But what, what, it, what it brought up to us... Who is, takes up... Who takes an Instagram video while yeah, driving Magnolia, Magnolia Lane saying, talk about dropping bombs? He wasn't dropping bombs. He was dry, he, hitting bombs. Dropping bombs is a whole other <laughs> thing. <laughs> so Phil um, has been, he, uh, this has been a recurring topic for him now, is that um, the studies he's done, and it's very Bryson of him, by the way, the studies he's done is that he needs to drive the ball further and have better swing speed and drive the ball further. And so apparently he has been hitting bombs um, this year, well, and he keeps promoting the epic flash as well, which I, I know you're a big fan of. Um, and uh, one thing, though, that John and I started talking to talking about, I should say, um, is that you know beyond – obviously Tiger won the Masters, and he's over 40. Who else over 40 has won a major? I mean, Phil's been talking about, you know, giving himself chances and things like that. Does anybody over 40 have a chance of winning a major now? Or what are their odds? Well, based on this year, it's, it's you know, it's one out of two. But if you go and look at, you know, historically, it's so slim. 
I mean, it might be less than 10%. Slim pickings, man. It's less than probably 10%. So Phil won back in 2013. He won the Open at 42. Um, a Tiger just won the Masters at, he's either, I think he's 43. Um, and I said, I probably the next guy that, so from 40 to 45, like, I didn't think the the chances once you go above forty five is like it's it's so small. I mean, it Jack was probably the last guy in eighty six. He was forty six years old when he won the Masters. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, it's just and then it's like Tom Morris from eighteen sixty seven and shit. And, you know, it's just old. Well, and the oldest to win was forty eight, and that was back in nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, I don't. You know, like, I've never I mean, heard of that guy. Right, so it's like, and that was a PGA championship. And so, uh, I mean, now obviously, um, uh, Tom Watson made a run uh, at the British at like what, almost sixty years they old. Won it. And and Greg Norman made a run at like fifty three years old uh, back in the day too. We're at the Masters at the Open, Open at the Open. So the part of um, the Open is 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 the golf course where you can be old. I think so, because I think that the courses are, they're the classic courses. They aren't necessarily these, as we were talking about, 7,600-yard, 7,800-yard bomber you, courses. You just need to be accurate on your approach shots and just keep it out of the pot bunkers. It's that, it's that simple, folks. <laughs> it's that simple. Well, I, I mean, who has the best chance? And I... Who do you think has the best chance? I mean, people would say Tiger. I think no. Phil, no. Who's past forty besides those two? You would put in the running. Cooch. What's he at? How old is he? Forty-one. Um, how old is Cooch? I think he's just over forty. Uh, I just was trying to pull a list of golfers. Here we go. The best male golfers at every age right now. No, that ain't going to work. Well, I, you know, think a little bit of older golfers. There's just not a ton. I mean, how's how's Charlie Hoffman? He's late. Was he late thirties? Bubba Watson's forty. Bubba's forty. I did not know that. Um, Chucky Three Sticks maybe just turned forty. Paul Casey is forty. Heinrich Stenson's forty-two. Hold this was when is this article? Hold on, time out. Before I this was December 2018, so not too old. Here we go. Perfect. Um so this was as a essentially the beginning of the year. So Bubba Watson was 40 at the beginning of the year. Um so he's he uh, to me he's a guy that when he's when he's on, he's on. He's good. What, exactly. When he's on, he's on. We like uh, it's one of the he's one of those guys that if his if he's striking the ball the way he wants to, his putter follows. Like then he just starts putting great for some reason. Dude, he is one of the when and like, or vice versa. I feel like if he's putting great, like he just starts swinging. He's one of the best golfers I've seen oh when God. he's on. Yeah, uh, I don't know when Justin Rose's birthday is. Um, he might only be like Adam Scott's close to forty. Let's see here. Um, Paul Casey, 
is over 40. Heinrich Stenson's 42. Tiger Woods, 43. Chad Campbell, 44. Lee Westwood, toast. <laughs> Justin Leonard, nothing. Padraig Harrington. Phil Mickelson's 48. Ernie Els is 49. I think everybody else is screwed at this point. Um, Who has the best chance? Bubba. Bubba? Paul Casey. <sighs> Paul Casey's been playing really good, steady, very steady golf. Uh, and I and would you put Tiger? I I will say you, I think Heinrich Stenson's swing though um, is one that uh, can hold up and and he could uh, he could go on a run. You put them above Tiger. Tiger is all putter and driver. Yeah, because his irons are solid. His, if he can put in the fairway. He, I think mentally he puts himself then in a better position for putting because he starts hitting stuff close. And he's going to putt really well two out of four days, guaranteed. He's not going to say putt well. I've, I've, just, I've, just, I've watched it because they show every shot of freaking Tiger. I think I've just seen enough to know that this guy putts. It's rare that he putts well all four days, but he will putt so well two out of four days that he just makes everything that, yeah, he's a contender, but he's got to put it in play. I just, I'm not, I just think he could, I know he he's won 14 majors with the Scotty Cameron putter. Yeah. I just think there's better putters out there, better technology, but he keeps always going back to that putter. He does. It doesn't matter, dude. It's feel. It's what, what can you put online? What, what can you get? On the line you want to. That putter just looks so like old. Like it's just it's it just doesn't look does it even have the right face, right? Yeah. I mean looks like if he doesn't hit it just perfect, it's not gonna go the right way. But some of the putts he's missing now is like, dude, he never missed that. It's it's just odd. He it's just kind of, you know what a way trivial what our topic is is like I think it's just dude, he's just old. <laughs> So the reason this topic came up because John and I realized John just turned 40 on Sunday. Congratulations, my man. You still have more gray hair than I do, which I is know. awesome. But I'm younger in body and spirit. And spirit. But I, I think we were talking about it's like what we see like good golf with guys in 40s, but the consistency is so much more different. You can see guys that hit it as far. It's just the consistency. What goes away first? Is it the putting? Is it the ball striking? Is it, you know, just the focus? What is it? What do you think? I think it's a combination to a degree, and I think that's part of the problem, is that um, I think a lot of things start to fade. And I think you even look at it, like we can go back to the conversation we had about uh, that we've been having. We've been having on this for 30 episodes now. We've been having these conversations in that um, there's always the next new kid on the block that seems to be coming up, and that's going to be the next hot thing. Because the problem really becomes is once you win, or once you start becoming good, or once you start becoming making the money, whatever it is, we talked about it last week with Brooks, and we were, or we were concerned, like, is there a chink in the armor? Because... 
is is he start is he in his own head? And the more you actually, here's the problem: the more you play, the more is in your head about the bad and the good. You know what he did last week? Took it off. Brooksy wasn't there. Well, yeah, as he maybe he was thinking like that. What you're just saying, like I just got to get away, detach. You've said it, Michael. Shoot, my Michael Hart said it. A lot of people said it. Do they're like Mark? You play better when you haven't practiced, when you haven't played. <laughs> it's just weird. It is weird, but at the same time, like I, I, I don't think about it as much. I am not thinking about my swing as much, and I just go out and swing. It's, look, some people are like that, and and. I think I mean from I a, miss I miss the short game stuff. I feel like I need to work on my putting. My but that you like could that, go but. do that and not swing. Well, that's why you know what I love doing now. I love going out to the par three. I love it. I go play two three balls at a time, and I hit, I just hit I hit these half freaking wedges to full wedges. I play it from the whites too. I don't play it from the blues anymore because the whites um, from the the furthest white tee one is like a hundred five yards, maybe a hundred ten yards. So I, I like hood my freaking lob. I only have to carry a lob wedge and a putter. That's it. I hood my lob wedge and I overswing on a lob wedge just to try to get back there. All the rest of the holes are somewhere could, from could 50 you hit, could you hit the to lob 90, 110? 50 to 110. Could you hit the lob 110? I, 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 I usually end up short still, even when I try to like hood it and freaking pull, like basically do like a pull, de-loft lob wedge. I love it. That's a good idea. I like but you're st- carrying you get, less You got to get creative. All I got is a lob wedge. All I have is a putter. And I play from the white tees, and I hit somewhere from 50-yard to 110-yard shots. Quick question. Yep. Two clubs take on the course. That's it. On a full course, like, you know, 6,800 yards. What do you take? Uh, five iron pitching wedge. Mine's a seven iron pitching wedge. One club you can take on the whole course. What do you take? It might be six iron pitching wedge. Five iron pitching wedge. I kind of like five iron pitching wedge. I like five iron pitching wedge. What do you take if you can just take one? One? One. Probably seven iron. I've done that. And it... You're so. I've actually played like a. We did like a seven hour game. We go play three three holes, par four, yeah. like in a par three and a par another par four. You'd be surprised how close you like score. Might, might actually do like a, a five iron nine iron now that I'm thinking about it. Versus no. the versus the uh, pitching wedge on the two club. No putter. No, I don't need putter. I can putt with my nine iron or my five iron. I would take, yep, five iron, nine iron. If I only had two clubs, five iron, nine iron, done. Because I can chip with my nine iron easy, and I can hit up almost a. I can basically hit a hundred fifty yard shot with my nine iron. I can hit a two hundred to probably two hundred seventy yard shot with my five iron. Perfect, dude. I, the Twenty yard gaps, money. <laughs> we need to do it. We we're gonna do that. Let's let's do an experiment. We take two clubs. Yeah, we'll play nine holes. That'd be great. And we'll come back and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, we're done. It's a that's is like mark it down. We Experiment. just gotta pick a date. Two clubs, and I haven't picked what I want yet. I have not I, it's, I'm going, it's I'm going. it depends on what we play. If we're gonna play nine holes, you know, I don't know. 
I'd have to think about it. I think a seven iron in almost a, don't want a lofted degree, or do I want to be able to get off the tee and like have a hybrid that you can putt with? I'd have to think about it. Well, yeah, what do you want? Do you want distance off the tee, or do you want uh, flexibility? I think you, I, I don't know, I, I'm done. I, it's five iron, nine iron. Because I can chip with a nine iron, I can putt with a nine iron. And a shorter par three you can hit with a nine. Yeah. You can't hit a short par three with a five iron and a pitch in a putter. Problem is, pitching wedge I think can be too short. Just it isn't going to go far enough for me. I need the nine, but the nine has enough loft that I can open it up and create different shots with it. Still, get out of a bunker easily. You can I can still have a bunker shot with a nine iron, <laughs> even though you shouldn't hit it in a bunker, as we were saying earlier. Um. So getting old, getting turning 40 sucks. Um, I think that uh, we're going to continue to see for a number of reasons. Um, and we've seen it for years. This isn't like a new conversation or something like that. But I, I think the challenge becomes is, uh, yeah, clearly, and you look at any, I mean, we're, we got basketball in the background. John and I have been watching hockey. We've been watching um you know, the NFL where Tom Brady's a I mean, phenomenal, the fact that that guy can keep going. But I guarantee you that guy's sore as shit. Oh, yeah. And the beating that these guys take as they get older. and The Bruins and captain's 42 years old. 42. And I, I guarantee you this. I mean, if they win another one, he's done, right? I mean. You just can't take it. Your, your body just, just doesn't recover the way that it used to. Just doesn't recover. It's not that it can't perform i think i think the body can actually perform similar similar i just don't think it can recover the same way and i think that's where these guys are struggling and that's why the champions tour the senior tour that's why they a lot of their tournaments are only three days it's just it's harder on the body they can't recover is it almost every tournament's three the majors i believe are four and i think all the others are three really yeah so four days is still tough. And they're walking. Dude, you and I have talked about, <laughs> I think just yeah, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you're like, man, I played like four days this week. I'm done. <laughs> like do. they're like too much. It's like too much golf. Yeah. But the, I mean, yeah. And I'm even younger than those guys, but right. They're not working, taking care of kids. And well, I mean, uh, so this is the appreciation that you and I have had too. I totally appreciate Phil Mickelson at 48 hitting bombs, walking, 18 holes every single day, every single day, playing in pro-hams, playing in whatever else he's doing, practice rounds, whatever he's doing, hitting balls like he does. And he's 48 years old, and he keeps grinding. And I tell you what, freaking McCarron and Miguel Jimenez, and how about uh, Bernhard Langer that's like 60 years old, still winning shit? I mean, and being Either, competitive, I, I think Phil. It's will, amazing. Phil will be competitive through his fifties. He'll still show up for tournaments. I think Phil Mickelson will absolutely dominate, dominate on the Champions Tour. I don't think he's going to play it that much. I think he's going to play on the PGA Tour still. I think he's going to play the majors though, and I think he's going to fucking win them, and he's just going to beat all their asses because he hits bombs. <laughs> He is, and I guarantee you, in two years, that dude only plays majors. He plays all the freaking champions majors, and he plays the PGA they're majors. The, they're not the same time as the... No, they're not yeah. the same weeks. 
I guarantee. Why wouldn't you? He if wants, you're 50, why wouldn't you play in the U.S. Champions Open? He just wants to beat Scott McCarron and take out Langer. Absolutely. That's and be like, to. Stricker, fuck you, dude. No. Stricker won his first major, right, last year? In the senior major or whatever? The senior yeah. major. Does that count? I don't count it. I don't either. It's a it's a cat it's like it's like it's like you and me winning the um the mid am. It's like it's still not the am. We didn't qualify. We qualified for the mid am. Is the mid am though? Did they did they get a bid to any type of tournament? I, uh, Do you go to a Masters? If you win the US mid am, like the overall mid am, yeah, you go to the Masters. You go to the Masters, right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty fucking sweet. We're not good enough. No, no, the guy that's winning. Those the guys are so good. Oh fuck, they're they, they're borderline pros, if not pros or former pros. Right. I mean, they're just they've practiced a lot more than you and I ever, and probably want to practice more than you and I ever would. Oh, they put a four or five hour days type practice shit. And according in. to Ben Hogan, that's still not enough. No, he's like he's like. What? How long do you practice? Me. No, he, I practiced for an hour, maybe. I took the boys out, what, last night, practiced for like an hour, hour and a half, and I didn't even hit balls that time. Most of the time I was just fucking herding cats. Yeah, I didn't pick up a club yesterday. Today I hit a few balls in the basement. I bl- uh, I bladed a wedge, though, out of the uh, the rough, <laughs> and it hit the pin and dropped, so I had a chip in yesterday on the putting green. That was that's, pretty good. That's terrible. I know, right? Like a true blade? Yeah, just freaking just... And it, no, not a Texas wedge, a true blade? That, it wasn't as good as the bladed bunker shot that almost took my kid's head off and went across the road and almost hit... It went under the bridge from that bunker. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I'm a talented player. I can't wait for Friday, though. So it's scramble season. We're going to end. We're going to end. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we're 40-year-old men. It sucks getting old. Um, we wish Phil Mickelson a ton of luck on the senior PGA tour. Uh, I love Phil. Love, love Phil. Love Phil. Uh, shout out to Captain Jack Sparrow, who also loves Phil. And um, with that, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up that segment, and um, we'll be back with uh, trying some 1942 Don Julio. Oh man, I can't wait to tell the story behind that one. All right, everybody. So we are back here with um, our taste test of the week. We uh, so what happened two weeks ago? Um, I had an opportunity to play a little golf with John as well as my uh, two brother-in-laws, and um, it was a it was just a ten dollar Nassau. I remember. Yeah, it was. It ended up lopsided. It ended up a little lopsided. So in a $10 Nassau, somehow going into the 18th hole, um, I was up 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, or, or Michael and I were up $50 on, on uh, John and Johnny. And um, John proposed a double or nothing on 18. Actually, you proposed it, and I accepted. Uh, okay, I might have gone that way. It really was. Because here, actually, here's how Actually, it, it was thrown out, and then but, I said, oh. But it was, here's the, and then Michael, mm-hmm. being the the guy that calms oh. everybody down, yep. says, hey, to Johnny, his brother, yeah. um, you know, look, if you lose, just, you buy the, the good bottle of tequila. Yeah. So, and you're going to drink half of it anyways right. over the weekend. Right. So... 
Right. We were going to share it over the weekend. We're all hanging out over and the I said, weekend anyway. I said, I said, okay, done. And he's like, we'll buy, we'll buy a bottle too, um, and we'll share it on the podcast, and it'll be kind of an investment or whatever it was. So it, at the end of the day, like there were a couple bad presses, especially because Michael got strokes, and then I, I did like Michael's angle on it. Like, hey, let's buy a – if you guys lose, we'll get a, end up getting a mutual – uh, it was my high round of the, the year, benefit. too. What did you shoot, like 83? Yeah. Yeah, you did not have a good day. Johnny didn't have a good day from what I remember either. And why you guys kept pressing is beyond me. But you were trying to – I get it. You were trying to get your money back after being down three bets. So you try. It was good. So anyway, we ended up uh, we ended up winning. And as a result, uh, I said, hey, I'll even throw in another 50. And let's get this – ridiculously expensive Don Julio 1942. So it's like $149 a bottle, which is pretty absurd, it's to be ab- honest it with is, you. It is absurd. It's absurd. It's 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 one of those things where you're kind of like, I don't even know why we did this, but because we've we've tried the Classe Azul on this show. We've tried a number of other like, you know, 50 to $80 bottles. You can get the Classe Azul for about, I think, 79 bucks now. Um, this is obviously a little bit absurd, but Gambling was involved, but we felt as though it was a benefit to the show because we would try it and I won and whatever else. Not to say that you and I don't have a bunch of bets going back and forth at this point where I, that, you know. But it the, it was worth buying just to try, even though we tried this before, but I never really got to enjoy it like in a, what were we, uh, we was a Somebody shared, well, so we were at an, a, like a party, like his guy's house, a party, and he had it, and I was like, ooh, that's amazing. And he's like... And everybody was like hammered at this party, and he's like, "Yeah, let's open it up." And he like never it opened. It's in this phenomenal box, by the way. I think he has like a magnetic closure to it. It's like the bottle, though. But the bottle is just this long, skinny. I'll, sh- I'll share it on the Instagram. It's it's just kind of a long, skinny brown bottle. I don't know if it does really anything. I like the Class Azul bottle way better. Um, I think they do a much better job with it. I think there's some other classier bottles out there. But hey, let's give it a whirl. What kind so is, this is what, it? So by the way, this is an Anejo. Anejo. It's it's an it's an aged Anejo sipping tequila. I mean, it's excellent. It is fantastic. So really smooth. Um, goes. God, God it's, it's got a little spice. It does, but like no, but not the bite. So no, you like could, you could down that. It could be trouble. I could crush this right now. <laughs> I mean, it's not like bourbon where it has like a bite. No, any so, bourbon has a bite. So we we've tried. I mean, our on our show we've tried a lot of different tequilas, right? So we've we've. I think one of our first ones was the Clase Azul. We want we wanted to go like go bigger, home, go home. We've done the Don Julio Anejo, which I actually just tried that before this because I wanted to like before this I was How sipping you on that. It? Uh, this is. This is better. It's it's just good. Well, and and here I'll tell you why. Not because uh, I think the anejo, the Don Julio anejo, I think it's still very smooth. This has some other flavor to it though, like you, whether it's the spice or the vanilla or the whatever. It just it's good. It's just really good. The Class Azul though, kind of re- it reminds me of this. It's very close. So for seventy dollars less, you can get the Class Azul. And I think it's in the it's, same category. It's almost, and it's a reposado, so it's this not is, even. This is a little better, just maybe, a little, maybe, but not seventy dollars better. I don't think it's seventy dollars better. 
And I don't think that um, it necessarily has like the better flavor or something. And think about this. This one's been aged longer than the Clase Azul Reposado that we've been drinking. I would recommend this, but I wouldn't say give it as a gift because you give the Clase Azul and you get the same almost taste. And you get the cooler bottle when you give that as a gift. Yeah. Like if you had like, I mean, we're 40-year-old dudes. But so if, if you've got the buddy that's turning 40 turning 50, you know, he's got the, like, the kind of significant birthday. You roll up with the bottle of Clase Azul, like, people are going to be like, what the F is that? That is badass. And, and they don't even drink they it. Won't it's even, good. They won't even care if it's good. But then when they do drink it, they're going to be like, oh, shit, this is good. And I just hope they don't put it in, like, a margarita or something. I know. I know. But it is what it is. I recommend it. Um, thumbs up. 100%. This is, I'll give it a thumbs up. I think if, uh, if you have the means... Go out and get buy yourself it. one. Buy it. Um, go out and buy it. And if you, somebody will, it, anybody who knows what this is will totally appreciate it. If you got, if you dropped 150 bones to get this for them, it's it's solid. But yeah, I mean, you can go out and buy like a. I mean, it's still it's still cheaper than going out and buying one bottle of Dom Perignon. Think about that. I, let's not even go there because I think that's garbage. But it's, think think about that. One bottle of one bottle of Dom. What's one bottle of Dom? It's it's like a hundred fifty to two hundred bucks, I think. What's a bottle of Cristal? Like four hundred? Oh, I don't know what they're doing for that shit anymore. I haven't seen that much lately. That stuff sucks. So I'd I'd rather just drink the Vouv or the Moet and be done with it. You're a Champagne kind of guy, though. I I enjoy wine, so I I can drink bubbles. I can drink red, white, whatever. I drank I drank a whole bottle of Chardonnay last week by myself. It was awesome. <laughs> shout out shout out With to Gary, that. Shout out to Gary V in the wine library. Uh, Did you drink his on wine? that one? But I'll tell what dude. Gary, here's my thing, and I'm gonna plug you right now. I'm gonna tag you in my Instagram post when I promote this. Sponsor our show, Wine Library. I will promote your wine of the month club. We will continue to promote that. Uh, you can be the next sponsor of this show. and uh, But there's my plug for it right now. But I'm not going to say anything about Gary's Wine Club moving on from here unless he wants to sponsor the show. Gary V. So, Gary V, bring it. Uh, with that, John, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, buddy. Go out there, hit more greens. Just score better, everybody. See you. Pass out.